0: The Wolverines bounce back strong in game two, the student section shows some awesomeness, and we respond to some fan mail. I'm Adam Amble, and this is The M Factor. Alright, welcome back fans to a much more upbeat week three of the season. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. We have a quick review of the Western game. Michigan student section proves how awesome they are. We have some fan mail to get to, and then we look ahead to SMU. But first, I would like to announce that we are now officially on iTunes and Google Play, which is really exciting. We couldn't have done it without all of you listeners and subscribers. So head on over to iTunes, Google Play, search M Factor Podcast. That's what it will be under under the uh, search section in iTunes and Google Play. Uh, You will have to type in the full podcast name, which is M space factor space podcast. Uh, It won't show up automatically in your search. We are not that big yet. And I stress yet. So head on over, give us a rating, go ahead and follow us, give us a quick subscription. So we know you're out there listening again. We'd really appreciate it. You give us five stars, five star ratings on both of these listening platforms And basically, it just kind of, you know, jumps us ahead of of other podcasts and stuff like that. So, again, really appreciate it. Appreciate everyone listening and sharing. If you do not care or do not have iTunes or Google Play, again, you can still follow uh, follow The M Factor on SoundCloud. Got a lot of great reviews so far. Again, I really appreciate it. Thanks to my friends, family, and strangers that have been uh, sharing this podcast over Facebook and stuff like that. So, again, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Let's keep it going on to week three, but first let's head back a week. Uh, last Saturday, Michigan bounces back against Western Michigan. We're going to go over the overall stats, some individual stats, and then my takes on the game, kind of similar to what we did last week after the Notre Dame debacle there. So let's jump right into it. The final score was 49-3 to in favor of the Wolverines against a Western Michigan team that basically allowed a buttload of points last week against or pardon me two weeks ago against the Syracuse Orange ended up allowing 55 points to Syracuse so we really weren't too concerned about the defense of Western Michigan however we were concerned about our offense and we also were a little concerned about our defense let's not forget Western Michigan did score 42 points against Syracuse. So their offense maybe was not going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be coming into the game. That being said, we did put all those worries to bed very early on. It was a little shaky that first drive. Again, the uh, boo birds were coming out a little bit at the big house, so that was a little discouraging. We were watching it at a watch party, uh, one at the local watering holes here in Jackson, Michigan. And yeah, that the first couple play calls, again, we were, we were not looking good. We were not happy. We were actually booing in the bar, and we said, oh, here we go again. This... We did not improve at all. Our worst fears coming out, but that was all put to rest very early, right after that first possession. So we'll get into some of the individual stats and some of the drives that I thought were very, very good and very positive, and maybe some that weren't so positive. So, first downs 20 for the Wolverines, 17 for Western. Our third down efficiency, 5 of 11, to Western's 4 of 17. I'll get into a little bit of that later in regards to our defense. Fourth down efficiency, Western actually went for five fourth downs and converted on two of them, but again, pretty good percentage for the Maize and Blue defense there. Total yards just shredded them, 451 to 208, 143 passing, to Western's 85 passing yards. We went 13 of 18, and Western went 16 of 34 we are averaging about 7.9 yards a pass, which was very good. Zero interceptions, always a good thing. Rushing, this is where we kind of held our own back to some good old Michigan football. Maybe not from a year ago, but a lot of us remember uh, back in the heyday when Michigan used to you know, average 200 to 300 yards rushing a game. That was their their bread and butter, so excellent to see that. And 308 only on 35 attempts, so we're talking 8.8 yards of carry. You know, you're almost getting a first down on every carry, you know, 1.2 yards short. Now, that being said, a lot of those were very long runs. Higdon had a couple great runs. Evans had a couple great runs. And they didn't sack us a lot. If you remember last week, I alluded to the sack factor of sacks counting against your rush yards. So we did not get sacked a lot. That obviously helps the rushing game a little bit. So penalties, 7 for 55 yards for Michigan, 4 for 30 for Western Michigan. Western only committed one turnover. It was that one interception for Bush, came down with it. And time of possession, obviously they beat us on that, but that's because we didn't have the ball very long. We'd actually score pretty quickly. So the overall stats, uh, more of what we are accustomed to, especially against a a team like Western Michigan. We really didn't know what to expect with Western. I did predict kind of a blowout. We did cover the spread. Vegas didn't think it was going to be that much of a blowout. I think the spread ended up only being, what, 27, 27 and a half or something like that. I could be wrong. I was pretty close, though. But uh, that's that. is exactly what we'd like to see. That's what we should be doing against teams like Western Michigan, against these max schools. Just as Purdue, who ended up going down against Eastern Michigan on a last-second field goal on a controversial, uh, there was about six minutes left in the fourth quarter there, they decided to go for one instead of two. Uh, Not really sure what the coach was thinking there. Had a bit of an argument uh, where we were at on whether to go for one or two, but uh, the, the obvious call there is you go for two, protect that three-point lead instead of uh, one or two, which obviously didn't really matter at that point. So overall, Michigan looking good, looking strong, uh, and especially in terms of the statistics. So let's dive into some of the individual statistics. First, Michigan passing Shea Patterson, another solid game in terms of efficiency. I cannot preach how much I am impressed with this accuracy. 12 of 17, 125 yards. You know, in terms of yardage, not the greatest, not the, the huge numbers that we've known from past quarterbacks. But let's face it, he didn't have to throw very often because we were running all over the the Broncos. Averaging 7.4 yards a pass. Did throw three touchdowns to zero interceptions. That's more of the ratio we like to see when it comes to our quarterbacks. Don't throw those picks. Have one or two TDs. Even zero zero is is okay if we're running the ball well. We just don't like to see that INT ratio higher than the TD ratio. Preach that a lot, but I feel that is very important. That is kind of an M factor, especially for me judging a quarterback's skill at the collegiate level. Gave him an overall QBR rating of 90.5. Mr. McCaffrey came in for one of one. He threw for 18 yards and got his first touchdown pass as a Michigan Wolverine. So congrats to Dylan there. He looked pretty solid. Again, he looks very comfortable in that Michigan offense. He does not look as good he did not look as good as Shea Patterson, though. Shea Patterson definitely bounced back, kind of silenced the critics. And I I'm not gonna sit here and say, oh, it's because it was against Western Michigan. I'll get into a little more of that later. That's actually one of the things I was very annoyed about after this win. Not only from some of our rivals or some other people in the collegiate football world, but also from some of our own fans. So not very impressed by some of their comments when it came to Shea Patterson. Michigan rushing, this is where we totally dominated the game. Higdon, great game, 13 carries, 156 yards, 12 yards of carry. He did have that nice long 67-yard run for the tutty. Chris Evans had two touchdown runs. He had 86 yards on 10 carries. And then we had a couple, uh, True Wilson got some mop-up time in there, six carries for 54 yards. So it's good to see some of the uh, the backups getting in there and having a, getting some experience there. Michigan receiving, our boy Deco Collins again. Solid game. He only had one reception, but it was for 44 yards. Got a nice touchdown pass there. DPJ, four receptions, 31 yards. Another solid day for him. And then uh, McKeon, McCurry, Gentry, Martin, Thomas, Wilson, and Evan all rounded out with one reception apiece for each of those guys. So on the offensive side of the ball, let's really dig down into it. So again, First thing I noticed, shape, pattern, accuracy. I have to bring that up. I'm going to bring it up every game because people seem to be dogging him still. We got two games under our belt. And let's face it, against Notre Dame, he was not inaccurate, I feel. I feel he was obviously rushed. I mentioned it. He was running for his life most of the time. So I really can't put that on him If for a lot of those incompletions. A lot of those were hard throws. Case in point was the throw to big O Martin there, the big tight end on our second possession, running to the left sideline and literally threw against his body, which is a big no-no as a quarterback, against his body, laid out a dime for Martin, and Martin made an excellent catch. You know, you got to give Martin some credit on that one, but made an excellent catch for the first down, and that was a big play. I think Honestly, I think that's what turned it around right off the bat because we were a little flat. Our first possession looked terrible. The play calling was terrible, but Shea scrambles, keeps the play alive, and then delivers a dime. to You couldn't throw that ball any other spot, but Patterson, again, against his body on the run, throws just a beautiful pass, and Oliver Martin makes a, a great catch on it. So that was one. Two, how about the touchdown pass to Peoples-Jones? That was incredible. Right in his bread basket. just a perfect right over the shoulder. Those throws are what, you really can take away from Patterson and his accuracy. You know, a lot of quarterbacks can make the throw to these wide-open guys, but it's when you have that little bit of extra touch that really impresses me, and I think Shea Patterson really has it. Now, don't get me wrong, Dylan McCaffrey looked pretty solid as well. You know, only one for one. He only had that one attempt, but still. Even against Notre Dame, McCaffrey seemed to have a little bit of an an accuracy, uh, you know, M factor that he had to him, which is really good to see that that bodes well for the future, assuming Shea Patterson uh, continues on this streak and continues to stay healthy. So well done to Shea Patterson. I got to give him props this game. And. Dylan McCaffrey, you know, hanging their buddy your time will come. So, you know, good job by the quarterbacks in this game, but, you know, let's not give it all to the quarterbacks. We must give credit where credit is due. I think the Michigan offensive line definitely looked a lot better. Now again, let's not forget this was against Western Michigan. I'm not going to sit there and play that card and be like, "Oh, Western Michigan, you know, the greatest defense that's ever played." However, my big thing when it comes to playing a team like Western Michigan is, one, we want to see improvement, right? Any sort of improvement, and I really think that we showed the improvement on the offensive line. And our rushing stats kind of uh, kind of prove that, right? Kind of go along right with those lines. So that is a good thing. Second, I want the team to show that they can mesh a little bit. These are great games for the offense to really start learning the play calls, you know, go against different people than they do. And obviously the practices and the scrimmages that they have, they're going against other division one college schools. You know, let's not forget Western Michigan a couple years ago, almost took down Wisconsin in the bowl game. They were undefeated with PJ Fleck rowing the boat and stuff like that. However, obviously a much different Western Michigan Bronco team nowadays, but nonetheless, you still have to show up against these D1 schools. Again, I mentioned Eastern and Purdue a little earlier. Look what happened to Purdue you know, kind of looked past that Eastern Michigan squad over there. So I really want to see the improvement and the meshing of the offense. And I really think that I saw that this weekend against Western. I really think that the offensive line really started to jelt that people were in their right spots. You know, you got to teach the fundamentals before you can go out there and be a, a very good offensive line. So again, baby steps, but I still think they showed some some improvement and showed the their ability to work as a whole unit. Obviously, that's one of the most important things when it comes to an offensive line is how they all work together. You know, how do they read defenses with each other? Because that's not always the quarterback's main responsibility, right? Those O linemen are in there, especially at that level. They're in there reading defenses as well, you know, reading polls, reading, reading switches, all that stuff. So again, really. Really good job for the for the Michigan offensive line. I thought they showed decent improvement from the Notre Dame game, despite it being against a, a much weaker opponent. And because of that decent, decent improvement by the offensive line and the play calling, by the way, the Michigan running backs got to reap the benefits of that. Let's not forget, we had uh, Higdon with 13 carries, 156 yards, and Evans with 86 yards on 10 carries. I really like to focus on the long runs that they had. Those guys showed impressive speed. I like the breakaway speed. I didn't see that a lot. I thought Evans had it, you know, his freshman year. Last year didn't get his major opportunity to show that breakaway speed. But Higdon, Higdon looks like he's gotten a lot faster since last year. I could be wrong. You know, you guys can definitely uh, correct me if you disagree. All of this stuff can be debated. Please write on my Facebook wall. Please send me texts, you know, whatever. We Again, we have some fan mail that we're going to go over later some arguments going on there. So that should be a fun time. I'd like to do that every week. So again, send in your uh, responses, send in your arguments, send in your agreements, all that stuff. But when it comes to the speed that I saw from the Michigan running backs, the breakaway speed, I was very impressed. I was happy to see that. That shows some great off-season training and conditioning. And I know they worked hard on it. I mentioned it in the first broadcast or the first show, how uh, Higdon definitely looked like he added some some muscle to him over the, over the off-season. So Great job by the Michigan running backs and great job on their hard work on the offseason, and it really showed – Especially when they would blast through the the first and second lines of the defense and then just explode into the secondary and they were gone. You know, no one was touching them. Like to see that breakaway speed. It's a remnants of solid Tyrone Wheatley and stuff like that. Even Denard Robinson. I remember old Denard Robinson. So so great job there by the the Michigan running backs and and props to the offensive line again for opening those holes finally and showing us a little bit of mesh and improvement. So the offense looking solid. Let's go to the defense now. The defense picked up right where they left off against Notre Dame and almost had the shutout again I think they would have the shutout but let's not forget Michigan pretty much had their second string offense and defense in there for the majority of the second half so a lot of these stats they could have scored they could have scored 80 points I'm sick and tired of hearing uh oh Syracuse ended up you know threw up 55 on them and stuff like that Michigan couldn't even do that guys we were well on pace to score 80 points almost in this game, so we scored seven in the third, seven in the fourth, with our second streak in there. So let's uh, let's pump the brakes a little bit, there uh, haters of of the Michigan football. Uh, that's that's just ridiculous. So anyway, back to the the defense. Metellus led the team in tackles. Uh, good to see him back after the stupid targeting call from last week. Rashawn Gary bounces back with a very good game. Six tackles, four of them solos. He. Got a sack in there. And if you didn't notice, there were some actually, there was some YouTube clips and stuff like that of him actually getting double and triple teamed again. And he still comes back with six total tackles. You know, I mentioned it against Notre Dame. I was specifically watching him to see if he was double or triple teamed. And he wasn't surprisingly, he wasn't double or triple teamed a lot. This game, he definitely was. And he still broke through it and ended the game with six tackles. Cleek Hudson, great game, six tackles. Ross, Bush, and Dwempoir with five tackles. So great job by the Michigan defense again. Uh, I said they played a great game minus the first two possessions against Notre Dame. And they just seem to continue that stronghold on opposing offenses. You know, we're looking at, what is it now? It is six quarters now. They've allowed six points. So six quarters and six points. That is; those are the numbers we've come to expect from the Michigan defense of the past, at least the past two years. So excellent job. Uh, Bush is leading the team in tackles, but for this game, I really want to focus on the shutting them down on the third and fourth downs. Those were big. It's great to see him step up and really, you know, bite down on these third downs. That was something that hurt them against Notre Dame. Remember, we discussed how they shut them down on a few; those three big third downs and those were their three touchdown scoring drives, those three third downs for Notre Dame that they ended up converting on, and a lot of those were third and longs, or we'd get a stupid penalty, and not so much this game. This game, great job. Um, I, I alluded to the stats earlier, so awesome job on shutting them down on those third and fourth downs, you know, two of five on the fourth downs. I would like to see 0 for five, but again, if you're if you're Making a team go for five fourth down conversions, you're doing something right on defense. So the defense looked strong all game long. Again, I feel they would have had the shutout. They leave their starters in. So I mean, six, you know, a basic shutout against Western is no small feat. Let's not forget they did throw up a good number against Syracuse. They threw up a, you know, awesome total yards. Great passing game, great running game for Western against Syracuse. Granted, Syracuse probably not the best defense that they're gonna face this year. But at the same time, there's still a D1 school that they put up huge numbers against. And then could come into the big house and Michigan basically just shut them down, that does speak a little bit to the defense. Gives them a little confidence, and that's what you like to see. It you didn't see the mistakes. You know, when you're on defense, you know, your mistakes can account for the other team's success. Same thing on offense, but on defense, it was the mistakes of Michigan against Notre Dame that I feel really gave them at least two of those touchdowns. At least two of those touchdowns, the bonehead penalties, and the fact that we had Metellus get ejected for targeting and we had our backup corner in there guarding the Notre Dame wide receiver that scored on that second touchdown. So if you don't shoot yourselves in the foot, you can definitely see how good Michigan's defense can look, even against a, you know, we want to say a mediocre offense, but based on the stats that they had the opening week in Syracuse, it's tough to say. So great job, Michigan defense. Really happy to see them kind of bounce back. You know, I don't want to say bounce back because I feel they did play a solid game, minus maybe three plays against Notre Dame. So look forward to uh, watching them again against SMU. Let's keep this uh, no-touchdown streak for the other team going. Let's see how long it can last. So that's the overall and individual stats of the game. Let's move on to something I thought was really, really cool. I don't know if anyone really saw it on TV, but if you were at the game, I know a couple of my buddies were and they mentioned it, so I had to read up on it and stuff like that. It was these, the lower part of the student section held up this huge, huge banner that stated the team, the team, the team. Obviously, Coach Bo's great quote from years ago, but I thought that was awesome. I bet the crowd was just going crazy for that. Um, you're, you're looking at it was probably 30 rows, you know, 30 rows long. You're blocking a lot of students uh, from actually watching the game. Uh, because it was out during game time a little bit. So, you know, those poor kids paying that money to go to, uh, go to the OU of M and get those season tickets uh, probably missed a little bit of the game. But no big deal. It was probably definitely worth it to say you were part of that. Uh, you know, and it's just a great statement. that's That is what... They need to continue to preach. I love the fact that the students buy into that. We as fans, you know, some of us older fans uh, definitely have bought into that. You know, it's been a great quote. You know, unfortunately, I really don't remember uh, Bo coaching for Michigan. You know, I really got into Michigan football roughly around the 89-90 season um when they had uh when Big Elvis was the quarterback so you know not a lot but I know a lot of my you know a lot of my family members a lot of my uh older friends you know they remember Bo and he was he was the man and obviously showing a little bit of respect for that that is posted in their locker room and it's just really cool to see you know the the you know the millennials the current students you know of 2018 holding up something like that uh, just a little bit of history you know I I really really like to to see that out of the students so well done student section very impressive i know they got a lot of solid reviews for that and uh you know keep it up guys you know those students it's awesome at the end of the games to see those players go and jump into the corner of the end zone with all the students and stuff like that that's what the college experience is really all about unfortunately going to ferris state you know our uh Our football team wasn't great. It turns out they're actually really good right now. But, you know, we we didn't have that uh, camaraderie with the other students, you know, especially during the football games. So keep it up. It's definitely a good thing for the students, you know, to get together. Everyone, the, the unity and stuff like that, cheering for Michigan. That's why we love Michigan. That is why we get together every weekend. That is why, you know, you get together with family, friends. That is one of the things that I love, if not the greatest thing that I love about Michigan football and Michigan sports in general and the university in general is just their sense of tradition and my family's sense of tradition and, you know, my friends' sense of tradition. It has been since as long as I can remember, you know, like I mentioned, probably 1990, 1991, you know, 89 season. You know, I was six, seven years old, and I can remember almost every single weekend either watching it with my family, watching it on TV, then heading to college and watching it with all my buddies, you know, moving down to Jackson, Michigan, and watching it with all my buddies. You know, it's tradition. It's tradition. College football itself is a tradition, but I definitely feel that, you know, being a Michigan fan, especially this day and age, and especially going through, uh for me the John Navarre era again sorry for bringing his name up folks but oh i just i can't even think of it you know John Navarre it goes John Navarre probably rich rod uh, in terms of of the eras that i just couldn't stand even though we went to a rose bowl with John Navarre i i, I can't hear that argument i just couldn't take it 4 years of Navarre. Whew. So anyway, the Rich Rod era and, and getting through the Rich Rod and Brady Hoke era, I really feel kind of brought us together again, and it's been fantastic, despite maybe we're not living up to our expectations. You know, we kind of, I asked you guys that question last week, what are your expectations for Michigan? But at the same time, even when it was Rich Rod, I guarantee all of you were still getting together. I bet every one of you still watch the games, still watch the games, still were rooting for them just as hard as you do today. So that's what I feel is really great about Michigan football. My uh, younger sister actually posted on Facebook something similar to that. We watch the games because of, of these traditions and stuff like that. We root for them because that's what we do. She also alluded to, you know, when mentioning what our expectations are, of course you want them to beat the rivals and stuff like that you'd love for them to win the national championship every year but nonetheless you still watch them every game still rooting for them hardcore and that's what I think is awesome about that student section thing is the fact that they're bringing back something tradition geez half those kids probably don't even know who Lloyd Carr was you know they probably never saw a game that Lloyd Carr coached so for them to to do something like that I think is, is pretty awesome uh, hopefully all you guys agree but uh, again just feel bad for the kids that were underneath that banner not being able to watch the game. But like I said, I'm sure it was worth it. So well done, student section. Keep it going. So I'd like to move on to another segment that we are going to have, and that is the fan mail. A lot of you guys have wrote me some very good, you know, not only questions, but comments, opinions. Opinions have been great. I've been enjoying reading them. Hopefully a lot of you read some of the, uh, the opinions on SoundCloud, some of the you know, the comments on Facebook. And now we can, you know, really get into this. Again, you guys can send me texts, you can send me emails, you can leave your comments on Facebook or SoundCloud. But let's, uh, let's get into a few, you know, we don't have a ton of time to dive into all of them. Uh, Nonetheless, we could, there were some that I really wanted to pick out and try to answer. So let's dive right into those. Jerry writes, how good is Notre Dame after barely beating Ball State? Great question. I was able to watch a little bit of that game and obviously reviewed some of the stats afterwards. And Wimbush, the quarterback for Notre Dame, he kind of came back down to earth. 297 yards, but he threw three INTs. Not good on the, the turnover department there. Rushing, they didn't have a guy over 100 yards. And they allowed, you know, they, the, the final was 24-16. So they were at 24-6 after the third quarter. And Ball State ended up coming back and scoring 10 there in the in the final segment. But this is not surprising. The The question of how good is Notre Dame, I think they're still going to be fine. Trust me, I think they're better than Arizona State. Uh, we'll get to that annoyance here in a little bit. But this was clearly a letdown game. You know, Ball State, a Mac school. Michigan, just because Michigan comes out. And they Michigan had something to prove. Michigan and Notre Dame were looking at each other all offseason. And then Michigan comes back and has to play Western. And Notre Dame has to come back and play Ball State letdown game. So I'm really, I, I really think Notre Dame is is better than an eight point win against Ball State. Uh, you know the turnovers kind of hurt them and stuff like that. So Notre Dame, I think, will be fine. I'm still thinking they're going to lose about two games this season. Uh, I really, I still think Michigan should have beat them, but didn't happen. Uh, life goes on, right? Eric writes, Mr. Amble, how do you feel now that Sparty and Michigan are both one and one? Who do you think has looked better in their two games overall? Thanks. Love the show. Keep it going. Well, thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Right now, I feel Michigan is far better. I think Sparty has looked terrible, both of their games. The first one against Utah State. Now, in Utah State's defense, they did just come back last Saturday and beat the crap out of New Mexico State. It was 60-13 to 13 Utah State. So, they bounced back. They're 1-1. One and one. But they honestly should have won that game at Michigan State on that high school Friday night where our our boys in green and white sure do love to play their their opening game. So I definitely think Michigan's win against Western Michigan and then their loss to Notre Dame uh the michigan's loss looked a lot better than michigan state's loss for those of you don't know uh, michigan state lost at arizona state this past weekend so excellent way to go way to go big edwards big herb edwards so i was excited to see that and again it's not the fact that they lost the game but just how they lost it the whole game just both teams really looked awful they looked terrible they looked flat it was hot out there it was humid and it was a late game. I don't know what Michigan State is doing scheduling. I mean, I think the game started at like 10, what was it, ten fifteen or something was kickoff. I mean, that's unreal. So, again, not shocking Michigan State would schedule this bonehead move as well. But in terms of how they looked, Michigan by far looks, looks better. And the polls agree with me. I mean, Michigan State dropped to 25 in the AP and 24 in the coaches poll. Michigan, by the way, moved up two in the AP poll to number 19 and stayed exactly at 22 in the coaches poll so no love from the coaches but the AP gave them gave them a little boost there for their uh, performance against Western So yeah, both teams, if you're going to put them head to head right now, I think Michigan wins. Obviously, we're going to hear, well, let's see their records against each other the last couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. But that wasn't the question. The question was, at this point in the season, how are they looking head to head? And you really got to go with Michigan. Of course, I'm a little biased, but you definitely got to go with Michigan at this point in the season after two games. It's tough to tell after two games, but but still, I'll still go with, with Michigan. Josh asks, how big is it to score 48 on Western Michigan? Laugh out loud. Does it show any improvement whatsoever? Thanks. Hope to hear more episodes. Well, thanks for writing in, Josh. I think 48, like I mentioned earlier, 48 was what we basically scored with our first string in there. You know, McCaffrey came in through that touchdown pass, so the second string did have a few points, but we were on pace to score 80. I mean, we had 20, what, 21 after the first quarter. We didn't let up. Then we start putting in our our second string, and yeah, we could have scored 80. Again, it's not how many points we actually scored. With the, and To be honest, we scored a decent amount with our first string in there. It's how did the offense look. Just saw so I mentioned Sparty in there, one win and one loss. It's how you actually look during the game. We were a little worried about Michigan after the Notre Dame game. Why? Because they didn't look that great. Their defense looked solid, but their offense just wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking, and that's what I mentioned before is the offense looked like it finally it meshed a little bit. There was definitely an improvement. I don't care how many points they score. I want to see improvement, if just slightly, and I also want to see them mesh a little bit. Again, I want to see them the spacing correct. I want to see the wide receivers run good routes. I want to see Patterson read the defense and throw the ball where the receivers are going to be, which he did. So, I saw all of that and I saw 48 points come out of it, regardless of the defense that they were playing. So, of course, are we going to score that much? You know, can we expect to score that much every weekend? No. Defenses will improve just like our offense should improve. If our offense improves like it did between Notre Dame and Western, then there's no reason to have any worries in the offense, but they got to keep it going. If they digress a little bit against SMU, then we we're going to have some questions to raise again. So I do feel that the score is not what we really need to look at. It's how they played the game, and I think they played it much better than they did against Notre Dame. They didn't have the mistakes, and that to me is a very, very positive note going into SMU and then going into the Big Ten season. So thanks for a couple of the questions, guys. Unfortunately, we only had time for three this week, but keep sending them in. I'll try to get to as many as I can at the end of each episode. So uh, great conversations, and again, you can you guys can obviously come back with rebuttals and stuff like that on these on these questions. So I really look forward to them, appreciate them. Let's keep them coming and get that open lines of communication going that we really want to establish on on the the M factor. So, let's move on to this coming Saturday. The Wolverines will be facing Southern Methodist University at home, and that game is scheduled for 3:30. I believe that is, yeah, I believe the Big 10 network has shown that one, so uh tune in at 3:30 this Saturday. But looking ahead to the game, SMU really hasn't been the same since the ultimate death penalty they received a couple decades ago, so it's kind of a bummer. Otherwise, this might be a very uh, a great game. This will only be the second meeting between U of M and SMU. Only other matchup was in 1963. Michigan won that game. At the present time, Michigan is favored by 35 and a half points, so it might not be pretty this Saturday. Uh, SMU, two bad losses, one at Tulane, 46 to 23, and then last week against TCU, they lost 42 to 12. So Not a very strong defensive team, it appears, and their offense is lackluster, um, for lack of a better term. So my prediction this weekend, again, I think Michigan comes out early, scores a lot of points in the first half, and then puts their second string in to get some mop-up time and to get some experience for those guys. I'd, I feel more of a 52 to 52 to seven victory this weekend. Uh, I'm giving them seven points again. I'm hoping it's zero. I'm hoping for that shutout or at least a three. I really want that touchdown list streak to continue for the Michigan defense because I really like it when they uh, when they show that they don't allow points. You know what I mean? Just don't allow the points. That's obviously good news for Michigan Nation when the defense is really clicking on all cylinders. So. I think it's going to be a blowout this weekend. I think it'll be a good tune up for the Big Ten schedule. We do go into, or we do face Nebraska the following weekend, and Nebraska ooh, starting off 0 2. Not good for the Corn Huskers and our boy Scott Frost, but Scott Frost kind of deserves it. Those of you who don't remember back in 97, he was the quarterback for uh, the stupid Nebraska Corn Huskers, into which we had to split that national championship with. And I really wish our defense then could have had a go against Tommy Osborne and Scott Frost, Nebraska there. But anyway, hopefully we see a little more improvement out of the offense and the defense continue to do what they've been doing the past uh, six, seven quarters. So again, let me know your comments and predictions yourselves. We will see who knows their Wolverines and who doesn't. So go blue. Let's destroy those Mustangs this Saturday. Now, before we get to what is slowly becoming everyone's favorite segment of the show, the rival annoyances, we have a few updates for the Michigan football team. First one is that after Saturday's game, they were able to flip a DE that was actually committed to Florida State, a nice uh, four-star recruit. He turned after... Probably checking out that student section. That's That's got to be pretty fun to play in front of. So that's excellent news. And another recruit that commits to Harbaugh's Wolverines is Shea Patterson's brother. That's right, folks. He is a tight end out of Texas. They don't really rank him yet. Uh, if they do, I have not seen uh, how many stars he is. So please feel free to look that up. And, and again, let me know. We will try to do this segment right before the rival annoyance on every episode just to keep you guys all updated on what's happening in Michigan football and Michigan nation and stuff like that we will try to keep these little topics as short and simple as possible as not to extend the show too long because i'm sure we could dive into each of these and they could be an hour-long topic but it's just to let you guys know what's going on in terms of recruiting and any other big news that might have happened in the past week hopefully you guys enjoy this segment so without further ado let's dive into this week's rival annoyance this week's rival annoyance comes courtesy of our Sparty boys up there in East Lansing, and I really would like all of you to take a look at Michigan State Stadium or Spartan Stadium, whatever you call it, I really don't care. And a couple years ago, they did some renovations. Now, Michigan Stadium has gone over its fair share of renovations and stuff, but I definitely feel Michigan Stadium is you know, giving it that very nice rustic look with adding the brick arches and stuff like that. The architect and designer really did a great job, especially on the outside of Michigan Stadium. And the inside, you know, going to this year, they actually have the blue end zones, which was kind of cool looking. But other things like the scoreboards and the press boxes, and I'm very, very impressed with You know, Michigan Stadium has always been known as being a rather quiet environment. But if you've ever noticed those press boxes kind of angle back over the field, that is simply because, you know, Michigan Stadium is so huge and wide open. They actually kind of built the stands out instead of up. You know, it's not a very tall stadium. I'm sure walking up to it, a lot of first time goers are probably like, wow, this is it. And then you walk in and just look down, you know, 80 rows of steps. And look above you and there's only you know 30 rows so not that tall of a stadium from the outside but then once you get in it's just incredible and massive but yeah back to those press boxes they extended them over the field which kind of keeps all that sound in all that crowd noise in i know for a lot of the games you take the notre dame night games and stuff like that the decibel level was really up there um i was there it was fantastic it's it's great to hear that the rumble and stuff like that really gets you going i'm sure it really gets the players going as well But I'd like to focus on the bonehead layout of the big screens at Michigan State. We'll just call it Spartan Stadium because it's shorter. I really hate saying Michigan State all the time. But Sparty Stadium, if anyone has noticed, why in the world do they have two big screens and one side? What what one are you supposed to look at? The one end zone has a giant big screen and the other end zone has two decent sized screens in it. That to me would annoy the crap out of me, especially if I was sitting in the opposite end zone of those two screens. Which one are you going to look at? So you're telling me you got live action on the field you can look at, and then you get the choice of, ooh, the right or left screen. Isn't that something? Great job, Sparty Stadium designers or upgraders or architects or whatever. Unbelievable. I don't understand the point of those, and every time I see an aerial view, which I'm very often considering no one really gives a crap about going to Spartan Stadium, and giving it a nice aerial view unless Michigan's in town or something like that. But uh, it just annoys me every time I see it. I see no point in putting two big screens in one end zone. So take a look at it next time, and hopefully I didn't ruin Spartan Stadium for you. I'm sure I didn't. I'm sure you guys already despised it. And I really hate to pick on Michigan State, but, you know, who am I kidding? No, I don't. So that is my annoyance this week. Next week I have a brand new topic. I've already got a list of them. Hopefully you guys uh, really enjoy him and agree with me because just just terrible. But with that being said, that will conclude episode three of The M Factor. Again, head on over to iTunes or Google Play and subscribe. Those are free apps. Uh, They should actually already be pre-programmed on your phone when you buy them. So the little podcast icon on the iPhone, I'm not really sure exactly what the icon is for samsung or droid based phones some of my fellow listeners happen to have android based phones go ahead and post that on facebook or soundcloud and let everyone know because it's it's really easy but once you do find that icon go ahead and click on it and you can go ahead and search the m factor and once you are there click on the icon the m factor icon that beautiful block m with the word factor below it of course it should be pretty recognizable considering I posted on Facebook and SoundCloud and Twitter. So once you are in, go ahead and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Obviously, the more subscribers we have, the better. And then also give us a rating. There's a little rating bar down at the bottom. Especially, I know for iTunes, I'm not really sure for Google Play, but go ahead and give us a, that five-star rating. The higher rating we get, the more we move up in the rankings and the more people will be able to listen to us and join in in the fun. So that would be amazing to, you know, kind of reach out to a larger audience. I know a lot of you listeners are my uh, Facebook friends and friends of friends that uh, have read the amazing shares that a lot of my friends and family have put up there on facebook which i really appreciate but let's uh let's make this thing go national international you know as far as it can go that would be awesome you know i, I really enjoy you guys being a part of it and stuff like that so the m factor go ahead and search for it on itunes and google play now there will be episodes uploaded every thursday night as i promise so get on over there get those updates and again we uh we thank you here from the m factor so that will conclude episode three of the m factor appreciate everyone tuning in we will be back thursday night these will be posted again uh you know sometime after nine o'clock on itunes google play soundcloud I will post the update on Facebook and Twitter as usual. Um, If you subscribe to iTunes or Google Play, they will actually give you a nice notification on when the episode is up and running. So that's why I mentioned you should definitely subscribe so you can know exactly when the new episodes have arrived and stuff like that. If you don't want to, you can obviously turn off the notifications and just check your uh, library for uh, the podcast that you actually subscribe to and see if there's a new episode available. That's kind of what I do because I don't really care much for notifications, but next week's show should be a doozy. I will actually be recording in lovely, lovely Mexico. I have to head down there for the week. So again, uh, episode four will be uploaded Thursday night. If you are heading to the game this weekend, please be safe. If not, you can tune in Big Ten Network, 3.30 to cheer on the Maize and Blue. I feel it's going to be a good game for Michigan. So go blue. I'm Adam Amble, and this is The M Factor.